watching prohibition fall down. All right, guys, you ready for a special Grow Talk, Scotty? Do you know why it's special? I don't know. I'm feeling a little special. We're going to do a member giveaway, man. We're going to hook up some seeds this show, all right? Some seeds, if you will. Man, I'm glad you keep track of time, dude. And things. Some, yes, yeah, sometime keeping track of time. But preview for today's show before we get into it in Grow Talk. Grower questions, guys, are on dudegrows.com. We're trying to get as many as we can up on the show. Today we got flower room build by MDM Grows. Some pruning questions, when, what, and where by just just incredible. <laughs> That's pretty oh, cool. Kid. I like that. As well as pot size and life cycle change by Kushdak23. And organic, organic seeds question mark by yes, I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We'll get along. <clears throat> Fine. All right. Before we do, man. Oh, reminder again, guys, the DGC outlet is currently open for everybody to shop. We uh... switched the settings. You guys tried to go over there and pick up anything. We had it on members only for some stonerish reason, but now everybody can shop over the DDC outlet on dudegrows.com. You can find such fine apparel as I see. I'm modeling the clone only shirt today, Scotty. So more people will probably purchase. That's what I'm thinking. That's one of my favorites, dude. <laughs> so, yes, go check it out over there. Get 20% off in the outlet. We have plenty of things as well as. Cups, mugs, lighters, koozies, I don't know, you name it. Maybe a steering wheel cover or something, DGC Custom. <laughs> we got dab pads, plenty of dab pads. And, dude, I'm excited. I'm getting my cough <clears throat> button today. Oh, Look perfect. out. <laughs> the members, it's running strong, guys. Today we're going to hook up from Seeds Here Now, a pack of Crockett Family Farms, Winner's Choice, pack of Katsu, your choice across the board in Dominion Seed Company, you're going to get hooked up with specifically a pack of Munson. You ready? I'm, I'm just thinking of what the hell Munson means. What the hell does that mean? Somebody's name or I'm trying you to think what is it's a Duke. mulligan when you screw up in golf, right? But our, <laughs> our Bruce Banner uses a huge computer to randomly pick any member. So today we're going to give it up to NE or Northeast nugs with a z you got these three packs of seeds man get in touch over on dudegrows.com from the contact button and just put member winner in the subject line i will get you in touch with seeds here now any of you other cats seeds here now is a great sale going right now i think it's 20 percent off the entire site other than bogos oh <laughs> as well as you can use coupon code dude10 across the site over there great seeds get them right to you i've ordered them up in canada no problem they ship worldwide and great support of the show if you haven't been hearing. Seeds here now, worldwide. Hmm, I like I'm gonna it. compete. I'm going to come up with seedsheryesterday.com. Yeah. A little bit quicker than now, right? Is it? Yes, immediately, <laughs> sir. Next door prize, guys, we'll announce next show. Not door prize, sorry. The member giveaway we do once every month. I'm thinking I'm going to get my hands on some lighting, so working on that now for you. Uh, as well as if you want to become a member, if you want to be involved in these giveaways, support the content, support the great grow talk coming at you today over on dudegrows.com and support us. We need to get to a thousand members is our goal, our drive before we cut programming. And that's all we talk about. <laughs> Every show will be a member drive, Scotty. How fun would that be? It probably would be pretty fun. You know, we'd make it pretty fun. Trying to think what we could do. I don't know. We, Scotty takes school. bong hits until we reach a you know a thousand dollars or something. What do you think? Just gotta be in a room with a bunch of people picking up, waiting for telephones to ring. That style. 
I actually <laughs> have one of those old-fashioned telephones. I exactly. wanted to mount it behind me, but Guru wouldn't let me. The wall phone I have. <laughs> All right, last but not least, the door prize. There is a door prize. Anybody, you don't have to be a member. You can just be a regular person hanging out. You go over to dudegirls.com, sign up to win the door prize. This week, it is a DGC Concentration Cup Celebration shirt, correct? Uh, it's a shirt. <clears throat> it's everything. It's a shirt. It is a dab pad. It is a grinder, which those are my favorite. If y'all want to go to the outlet and check out those grinders, <clears throat> dude, they're beautiful. Came out really nice. And a dab pass. Oh, yeah. Are the grinders made in the USA? Yes, of course they are. They were printed in the USA on a printer that is located in the USA, but was made in China. Uh, we'll see. I will take it. Yes. <laughs> how how much button? is really made in the USA anymore? I know, I know some high-tech stuff and some things to be really proud of. I'm telling you, that's what that bullshit jobs book was about, that people don't get to make anything when they go to work anymore, and it kind of drives them crazy. Oh, my kids were made in the USA. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun to make those, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know about the cough button, Scotty. I think people got to know that I'm getting down on a bowl here if you're not watching you the video yes. show. You, know. you yes, me no. It's a little much. All right. Getting into the show. Let's see who's growing some dank here. This is Animal Cookies 09 by Dr. Fino Canada. And what does that mean? 09. Is he being specific? Hey. These are the 2009 cookies. Man. Yeah, I mean, dude, anything from 09 or I'd say 2010 or after is <coughs> bullshit, man. You might as well be hanging out with post-98 Bubba. You know what I mean? All right. This is a great looking bud here, yeah, man. One sure of my is. favorite cultivars. Not only is she very pretty, but she has the power to put a smile on even the most fussy of connoisseurs. She has it all and in a breeze to grow and trim. She has been a staple in my garden for four years now. I won't be going anywhere anytime soon, or it, it, she won't be going anywhere anytime soon, as I find myself reaching for it constantly when I have some in the stash jars. I would agree with you, man. That is a great-looking flower. Yes, and by the way, that's why you need a veg. That's why you need a veg. So when you find something like that, you go, oh, I've got a clone of it. I'll make a mother of it, and I'll keep this for four years. It ain't no fun when you just flower it and go, oh, I wish I could have that again. Or 10 years. You wear <laughs> yeah, you wear right. the creepy latex gloves like he is when you're trimming? <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Actually, I don't, but everybody else does. I don't. Yeah, I like to get that up on my skin and then get the finger hash if it's icky. Yeah, sticky. yeah I love smoking skin cells. That's yeah, I will great. smoke my own skin cells, but probably not yours, Guru. It's, it's okay. Hash. It's, I used to do, I'd rub the hash off and the people would be like, oh, that's gross. Like, no, 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 it's hash. Hash. All right, getting into the grow talk, grow talk, dogrows.com. You guys, everybody that's participating in that community, I appreciate it, man. It's just, there's such great comments, good questions, and everybody's helping everybody out to try and grow the dank, Scotty. Yes, and it seems like a lot of people are accomplishing that goal. Speaking, when are you hanging out? Right, I hung out the other day in the, uh, the, the premiere. It's called the premiere, if you will. Oh, yeah. How's that going over there? That seems to be like, I don't know. I can handle the comments, but the premiere, that's that's going too fast for me. I hope that's what I what's said. happening I like there. Talking to Tara Lee live. I'm like, dude, these comments, this is like a ticker. It's going too quick. You can't handle <laughs> it. It's overloading my brain. I was hanging out in the premiere too, and I also was the first comment on the most recent show that uploaded. I do have it because there's like a contest between <laughs> yes, people to is. see who can comment first. Yes, there is. I guess I have kind of an unfair advantage because I'm also the one that uploads the video and know when it's uh, the premiere is going to show up. Kind of an unfair advantage. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> 
that was first. That lap doesn't time. count, man. That doesn't count. First All lap. Right, bring it back to the grow talk with a flower room build. Yes, sir. This is by MDM Grows. He goes, what's up, guys? Just got my flower room done and got dual 315 ceramic metal halide ordered. So if my math is correct, a dual 315 will be 630 watts of ceramic metal halide. Hang on. Let's have Guru check your math for a second. <laughs> I believe that's out. two... Two lights on one hood, I think, is what a dual 315 should be, the fixture. Yeah, they're big. and They're nice. Because my question to the DDC is, which spectrum would be better for flower or for flower, or for resin and quality versus which one is better for yield? So it's going to 3,100 or 4,200 Kelvin for the 630-watt ceramic metal halide. Can't I get mm. something in the middle? Yeah, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> do one of each. I'm, I'm immediately going one of each ball. What do you say? Well, hang on. Do you mind if I ask a question? I always ask this, but it's because there's a lot, lot of new growers that are tuning in. Help me out with the Kelvin scale here, the K scale here. The lower it goes, I'm trying to think, uh, uh, like an HPS is really red and it's like, what, 2200 Kelvin? It's a really low? It, it, it's a 3000, I think. Uh, no, most most HPS bulbs, I think they're like 2200 Kelvin. Right. Okay. Which is, and, and so the way Kelvin works, it's like a, it's a black box scale based on how nickel glows <coughs> heat it to that kelvin temperature is okay. what it's based off of um so the lower numbers are a much more red color a red leaning color got it uh and and that's important for horticulture because red is the main photosynthetic point for flowering growth of the plant where uh blue it, it, the more bluer spectrum is the higher numbers, like a um, 4,000 Kelvin, 5,500 Kelvin, or 6,500 Kelvin getting bluer as you go higher. Are those uh, more powerful? Uh, technically, yes, but let's not get into that because okay. blue photons carry more fo uh, more energy uh, because they're shorter wave wavelength and more energetic than red photons. But that's for this application, that doesn't matter as okay. much. Uh, the blue ones are more important for uh, like the the morphology of the plant. Um, it, it's good. Blue is going to influence like tighter internodal spacing, and realistically, the the best for like an all around light is probably going to be a blend of these two bulbs. That's going to kind of even out Thank between thirty one hundred and forty two hundred, and give you a nice medium. So one of each. Uh, w one of each. If you, if you were going for best all around, Got if it. it's if it's just for a flower light. I would I would lean towards the 3100 Kelvin light just because that ca that carries more energy in the red part of the spectrum, right? And that's going to be more important for flower development. Um, what the about light. the guys that used to finish with the blues? Uh, that's the idea because those super uh, high Kelvin blue lights because that that wasn't a normal like 5500 Kelvin. Uh, it was a really high. One, it, it was right? like a le 11,000. Right, and, and that's uh, it's off putting a lot of extra UV light. And the idea was to kind of make the plant make its own sunscreen with right. trichomes. It did uh, work to get a man. little more resin production. It can work. You can easily overdo it and hurt your plants and stress them out with UV light too. Um, if you have too much of it, which sometimes those bulbs, you have a Thowie, uh, 1100 Kelvin or 11,000 Kelvin bulb. Yeah. That definitely could be enough uh, UV in there to be harmful to your plants if you use it too much. Makes sense. Sure it does. <clears throat> as much spectrum as possible. That's why I said mix the two bulbs. I used to have like 
yeah, HPS and a couple LEDs and just mix whatever light I could. Not much science behind it for me. I just wanted as much spectrum I figured as possible to grow the best flower. But in all fairness, without all the science, you did mix some spectrums together. You probably, if there was a scientist there, they could tell you, if Guru was there, he could tell you why it's a benefit. And you used to grow the dank. I don't know now that you're in Canada, bro. I do just <laughs> want to throw out that even in lighting, diversity and, and stuff like it does in almost everything in biology matters a lot. So having a wider more fuller spectrum that hits the the peaks that you need it to is is usually going to be more beneficial or, or at least from like a terpene cannabinoid profile of the plant if it has access to a more fuller range of spectrum it's going to be able to uh genetically express itself a little bit better and really affect the plant morphology thank you i just wanted to say morphology <laughs> <laughs> There might be something to be said, which I am unsure of as far as finishing. Like I've, I've talked about before in the show, I finished under a different Kelvin ball, the Hortolux Blue, which gave me a lot of resin production. Right. Super sticky flowers. So depending on what you're using your flower for, I'm not sure if you know you're only, hey, I'm just, this is all concentration. I'm not smoking any of this. Then maybe that will affect your bulb choice as well and how, and your plant growth. So yeah. but I haven't. I'm sorry. So I'm just thinking, do you think ever at a dispensary someone's walked up and been like, do you have anything that's not so sticky? <laughs> it's it's the best when it's got enough like dank on it that I remember I used to light bowls and then the bowl would like light on fire for a minute, like a wick. <laughs> like from Oh, that's that's when a weed has enough trichomes and resin on it to where it burns like hash or like you top the bowl with hash. That's ideal. Yeah. Or when it causes an allergic reaction to somebody <laughs> in the room. That's how you know your shit's the dank, man. All right. I got another one here titled Pruning Questions. When? What? Where? From okay. Just Incredible. <laughs> it's either Just Incredible or Just Incredible. I, yeah. You're right. Wow. I like to say, dude, did that. just want to start. I absolutely love the podcast. Every time I'm in the grow room, it's playing. All right. I'm sure your plants are digging too. Thank you. Yeah. Nice. I like it. Love, love being able to grow, legally grow my four plants in Canada. Heard you mention Calgary the other day and that's where I'm at. All right. Canadian DGC. I'm just seeing Calgary and everything's white. You can't tell the road from anything else because it's all white. No. Because I'm about 30 days into my third successful indoor grow. Things are going the best they ever have this grow. I keep listening to you guys and Ross and Jeff and honing my grow skills. Each one of my grows have been a huge improvement on the last. That's a rewarding feeling until you plateau and then you just get bored. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you can always change things up and have fun in the garden. Absolutely. That's what these new strains are about. New products, new techniques. Absolutely. So one thing I struggle with is what lower growth to trim. How soon should I start? How much should I trim at the time? How frequently? How late is too late? Sorry for the shotgun of questions, but it's something I'm still unsure of. More afraid to take too much, as a lot of newer growers are. Each grow I've taken more than the last. I usually start picking what I want to get rid of in the first seven days of flower. I'm fine with that. He goes, then he takes a little more in week two. Then after that, every once in a while, I take a few, maybe five to 15 fan leaves. Don't tell Jeff Lowenfels. <laughs> This grow specifically has been an extra bushy one, and I feel I've taken lots. So he's at 30 days in a flower, and he feels there's still more lower growth I could take. I'm just worried that I'm too far in, and I'll stress them out. So hopefully we can shed a little light. Let's look at these pictures. He's 30 days in the bloom. Um, this thing's huge. Looking good. Frosting up nicely. Looking at the under canopy here, it's not too crowded. It's fairly trimmed up. I mean, he's got the right idea. When I'm a month, when I go, uh, well, first, when I flip the bloom, 
I'm gonna look at my plants. I always keep my plants trimmed off off the bottom soil, though. Right. If there's a leaf hanging down, all that, it doesn't matter what time of the grow it is. And I that's keep just that. because of pathogens. You got soil-borne pathogens that can climb right up that leaf and infect the leaf, infect the foliage. But and I was doing that crack with Jeff Lowenthal's. If you guys haven't heard, we're gonna interview him soon. But he was uh, at a speech I was at. Well, he did a speech, and he's like, "I never." Never actually, we put it out. Never take any leaves. Never right. take, you know, it's too big. You bend it over. This is just ignorance. I, I believe he says that uh, if, you, if you run out of time, you just tuck it. You just give it a tuck. Uh, tuck. I do want to say that I think Jeff is right in some regard. <laughs> About the with, tuck? Uh, like the tuck? No, with the, the, the idea of not trimming your leaves. <laughs> right. But he has some misconceptions about cannabis and not being like a true... Like cannabis person, I think he had a misunderstanding about that. Yeah, what are you growing uh, for? What are you growing for is the important question because uh, in terms of not taking off your leaves and that it's a solar cell for the plant and it only creates energy uh, is only taking to in, into account biomass where if to, removing leaves is going to directly uh, probably negatively affect the amount of biomass yield you're going to be able to get from the plant. Right. Um but in cannabis, we're worried about two things. I'm going to say morphology again. Uh, we're worried about plant, plant morph, a balance of plant morphology and biomass yield. You want because big buds and you want it to be frosty. When, when I say biomass <laughs> yield, I'm just talking about plant material that has been made from carbon sequestered from the air. And, and made into a plant. It's everything. Leaves, stalks. Leaves, stalks. The roots count? Uh, flowers, roots, are bio, all, all of that's biomass. It makes sense. Uh, whereas cannabis gardeners... Uh, we're after a certain type of biomass from the plant. We're not after the fiber, the leaves, or anything like that. We're after the flowers. And we're trying to concentrate it in the one area. If you've got it, you've only got, my thoughts are unscientific thoughts. You've only got a certain amount of root mass, and that can only support a certain amount of growth above. So if you can target that growth to places that are going to get the most amount of sun, <clears throat> places that are going to grow the biggest buds, uh, I think that's what it's all about, as opposed yeah, to spreading. We've it. all had tons of popcorn buds that are okay. And then even further on uh, like commercial scale, that you also have to balance in the amount of labor it takes to train those plants to kind of decide and find your balance of how mm. much you're yeah, actually Yeah, that can take somebody like to, a, a full-time job seven days a week. Like, okay, all I do is I go around and I, you know what I mean? So, I yeah, that's a good leaves. point, Drew. You want to talk about a crazy job? I tuck leaves, man. That's what I do. <laughs> But in the end, it doesn't make it for, for this style of grow I'm looking at here, smaller grow. You're going to have bigger buds, easier to trim job when you keep the flowers thinned out a little bit, as well as avoid microclimates for insects, PM mold, whatever to hang out. Um, and your practice of what you were doing, 5 to 15 leaves, or every I about every 10 days will reassess. Should I trim up a little more? And then by the time I'm into week 6, probably 5, 6, I'm probably almost done with that practice. I'm not really – all my flower space is set. And the hardest thing for a newer grower is looking at one of those lower flowers and being like, man, that looks good. I will smoke it. And you're right. They do look good, but they're going to take away a little bit from your top flowers. So You're saying you would trim up to week five or six in flower? Um, if I have some lower new growth, like sometimes you'll get on a primary bud site, you'll go down whatever, 10 inches into the plant and you'll right. find like a little tiny bud popping off or whatever. I try to keep that stuff cleaned up. Sounds so, good. yes, I am saying that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I usually try to, uh, I don't know, once week three or something like that, I'm done. I would like to ask a scientist or somebody that I debate in my head, when I go in and I take a few leaves off, if that's creating, I don't know if they say it's a SARS response, 
but it like a plant in the woods or whatever, if a deer comes up and eats off of it, mm-hmm. the plant knows. And then does it push harder a little bit? Does it go, oh shit. Well, it's I got all those some... roots that can, that don't have any foliage to push <coughs> nutrient to. I imagine that those roots want to do something, so they'll grow some more foliage to push to. That makes sense. Yeah, or, or not not re- really. It kind of redistributes its nutrient pathways in the xylem and phloem. Hey, you're not a scientist, all right? Okay, I'm just telling you I'm what I see. trained horticulturalist. I don't know if that matters no, or anything. He's talking to me. He's busting my ball. We don't bust your balls, Guru, all right? <laughs> I'm sorry, Guru. What, what were you saying? Oh, nothing. <laughs> just <laughs> no, what were you saying though about redirection, xylem uh, and phloem? Uh, I, I don't know if a deer specifically, uh, like one instance of it biting the plant is going to be enough to elicit a SARS response from the plant. Uh, SARS response is more like uh, it's covered in insects um, and then, it, then it'll start to, or it has uh, like fungal pathogens start landing on it. I don't know. That like an animal on that scale like tr- triggers a true SARS response from the right. plant, where it's it's actually starting to make metabolites that would fend that off. What's really going on is it's it's redirecting the nutrient pathways that used to go to that that leaf or that stem, right? And it's kind of redistributing and redirecting that throughout the plant to other places now. So that's why that that like kick in growth is because you, something got cut off the plant and it's redirecting nutrition somewhere else. Yeah, I guess it's, we're almost saying the same thing. I'm saying that when you remove a section of the plant and the roots are capable, were capable of feeding that section of the plant, they're not anymore. So it redirects and it's going to redirect to new growth. I'm not saying it's on exactly that area, but it's going to push out new growth because the roots are stronger than than the above ground growth. All right, so this is reminding me of so like you know when it like I was referencing when a deer eats on the plant, I feel like the plant can feel it, Scotty. You know, we talk about on the show, right? Um, we we've covered from tree to shining tree was this podcast that talks about how the trees are all connected and they help each other out. And do we really do they understand us more than we understand them? They've sure been here a lot longer than us. But I heard, uh, have you heard of the midi M I D I sprout, Scotty? No, I haven't. It's hopefully something we're going to have a coupon code DUDE for soon. I caught it on the radio, a podcast, I guess I'll call it a podcast that they play on the radio the other day, on the FM. Okay. And, dude, it's this thing, it's like a little device, I don't know how, it's like hooks up to your phone and it translates biodata from plants into music. And I mean, it's real deal science, like it's not just a gimmick thing, and they were talking about how certain plants would like, when somebody, a different person came closer to them. Right. The music, the biodata would change. It's pretty trippy shit. I'll get into the next the next wake and bake, man. I'm telling you, that's, that's similar to what we were talking about, about the calcium levels changing in the plant when you touched it. Yeah, I, I, uh, we were killing plants yesterday, unfortunately. We had to kill one or two plants in the indoor grow, and my guys don't like it. And it doesn't feel good to them. It doesn't feel good to anybody. All right, let's move on here, because I got to know where I can pick up some recharge these days. What hydro shop has me covered? You know what? I'm going to go with the OG today. Our, our friends over at Way to Grow, they're one of the original supporters of recharge. Shit. They even lent us some warehouse space when, when we wanted to do the show. Remember that? They got us, that was in the 12 by 12 Gorilla Grow Tent days. Yes, the Gorilla Grow Tent studio. Yeah. That's pretty nice, actually. We yeah. were hanging out there yesterday. Well, not not at the Grotent, the old Grotent studio, but hanging out at Way to Row. Absolutely, doing some. Where is our old videos. studio tent? Do you still have it, Scotty? Oh, I do, I do. I'm just waiting until. So if anybody listening would like to pay for shipping and pick up a hot deal on Dude Grow's last studio, twelve by twelve Gorilla Grow Tent. I don't know. Will you? Can you ship that thing? With is it shippable? I don't know. I'd have to charge you for at least a pound of recharge. That's all over it. But I think we, can we work cut a couple out. holes in it. 
didn't we? Ah, uh, maybe. Who knows? Hey, you it's going to be did. worth a lot one day. It's going to be in a museum, right? That's what I'm saying. This is what podcasters used to be like. <laughs> Come on. So, what do we got? We got another grow question titled Pot Size and Light Cycle Change by Kush Doc. Okay. Kush Doc 23. Would you go to a doctor if he was like, yo, I'm the Kush Doc, man? What do you think of when you think of the number 23, Scotty? I don't know. Michael Jordan. So do I. It's freaking weird, isn't it? What do you mean? He's the best basketball player ever. He's the first one he's seen do slam dunks, man. Yeah, I remember that shit. All right. This is say it says, hey, so I have a little eight by eight indoor garden going on that I started in early June from seed. I plan on keeping 12 going inside, but popped 16 seeds just in case I had a mishap or runt mutant of some kind. Good idea. Because mm -hmm. um, when you guys plant seeds like I planted four seeds for my Canadian grow last time and one of them was a little bit runtish. I would have liked to replace that with something that would match the rest of them. Yep. So it turns out all 16 pop and grew like champs. So I had to make a hard decision of which four to call, meaning a kill. It was then I realized, wait, it's early July. These plants are sick and I can legally grow four plants outside in BC, Canada. All right. After deciding that, I just tossed them outside and see what happens. I started to worry about light change. The indoor garden lights go on from 12 p.m. to 6 a.m. because it's easier to manage the heat. So he's running. It is. The more you can run your lights at night, it's cooler at night. You don't have to manage the heat load as much. Um, it goes the okay the to manage the heat from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. in flowering. Obviously, this will not be their lighting situation now that they're outside. They seem to be growing nice. Yeah, they'll just fine. I mean, you might have a hiccup for a day or two because they're used to being asleep when at nighttime or awake at nighttime, but they'll they'll come over to your daytime light cycle outdoors. I'm just trying to humanize this. If all of a sudden they tell you, hey, you're going to work from uh, nine to five at night, from nine at night till five <laughs> in the morning, how long would it take you to adjust? Well, does they seem to be growing nice and strong? My question is a bit simpler. The way I'm running them inside is in 10-gallon pots. It works perfect. Never done outdoor, though. Will plants that are in this size close to mid-August be okay in 10-gallon pots? Growing black indica and super OG and pro mix HP using full can of cocoa lineup for nutrients plus raws, microbes, beneficial bacteria. Unfortunately, no recharge up here in Canada. No. Oh. So you're in mid-August. You do not want to transplant, in my opinion, especially 10 gals are a little rough to transplant. I agree, um, sir. Because you're in flowering. Your flowering has started. I've identified my plants outdoors. I'm starting to see the first signs of flowering, little pistils coming out, little white hairs. Right. But um, what we were talking about, the roots being able to support only a certain amount, that 10-gallon container of roots you have is able to support a, a nice big plant there. So it's able to support it in veg. Why wouldn't it be able to support it in flower? It can. Being in those fabric pots, which breathe, you know, they, they dry out quicker and being outdoors, you're just going to have to worry about, which isn't usually too much of a problem here in British Columbia. Um, but if you do have that week of like hot weather, you're going to be chasing water and you could water those and they're in full sun all day in those pots three times a day. Easy. Do me a so favor, that, though. Just look at my greenhouse out there. It's literally you can put it on a timer the day before. It can be so easy to water plants, especially if it's just a few. You do it yeah. for under 100 bucks. The easiest way for if go to your local hardware store. You can probably get one of those battery power water timers that hooks up to your regular your hose outlet outside. Right. And then you can hook up an adapter to that and just do if you even if you wanted to do soaker hose across the top of these, even though I know some parts of the soaker hose will just drip down onto the bottom part. Um, but that's the easiest setup. There's no drip emitters. There's no poking holes in a drip line. Soaker yeah. hoses 
Oh, What's yeah, that? Because, of course, that takes all of three minutes to do and is very <laughs> difficult. You have to actually poke a hole in this uh, really soft line, and then you have to stick something in it. So, Yeah, it isn't that hard, but uh, that would be my only concern is just make sure you stay on top of irrigation with these. They yeah. can dry out really quick outside. Agreed. This Otherwise, like, if, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I just want to say the Dutch table method does this with three or I'm sorry, six inch rock wool cubes where they've been doing the water of six, 12 times a day. And they get really good buds, a very compact plant because it mimics the root system uh, just with a ton of buds on it. They just have to water it more, feed it and water it more. Other ideas would be potential shade cloth if these are full sun all day long, but probably not going to want to do that up here in BC. Or, or that most definitely, I can see you guys, if you're not watching the video show, he's got a little bit of two by four framing around this. Right. Any type of roof to keep precipitation on off these ladies when they get full bud um, is going to help you out as well. As long as it lets, you know, natural UV the sun through uh, without filtering it in a negative way, if you will. I, I agree with dude. All right, man. We have organic seeds question mark but before we do that hey actually i want to tell you, i haven't shouted out anybody today so i'm gonna talk about rapid led for just a sec guys sure rapid led two things they got a four by four logic fixture out this is new if you will i don't know what this means guru it says efficacy efficacy 2.5 umol per joule is that good efficacy that's, that's like a brand name or something that's right? that's how efficiently it's able to turn the a watt of electricity a, a watt of electricity you put into it into uh umoles the the, amount, the the amount of photons that are coming out per second of that light and 2.5 is like up to standards they're doing good uh, 2.5 is outstanding. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, we, HPSs are 1.65 U-moles per joule. For oh, we were part. excited to break 2.2 last year, man. Are you crazy? Or, or two, a year ago, 2.2 was kind of like the standard across lights. But I'm not now, pushing. On like system-wide efficiency or efficacy, they're getting easily 2.5 U-moles per joule, which is amazing. And, and the highest in ones are like 2.7 on a system-wide, which is crazy. Well... Yeah, and they, they put that first and foremost. That's like the first thing they want to tell you, which tells you a little bit about rapid LED. Um, this fixture itself is 900, no, not 900, 580 watts, so I'm going to give it a 1,000-watt replacement. They're saying it does a 4x4 four four gross space. It's completely assembled. Coupon code DUDE at Rapid LED. And the reason why we pick companies like Rapid LED to say, hey, you guys got cool shit, man. Why don't you come over and let's introduce your stuff to the DGC. Absolutely. Is their customer service is badass, the knowledge you're gonna get from them, um, free shipping on over $230. And I'm just, I'm looking right at their site in front of me now and not to be like too finicky with it, they also have easy returns that can be very important if you're a grower. When you have a light hanging, if you have an issue, you gotta send something back quick. You have, you, know, you wanna be able to be taken care of quickly, as quickly as possible. I even recommend growers should have backup lights if needed, but. Check them out, rapidled.com. They also have the summer sale going on right now on all kinds of shit, hot items. So everything from drivers to parts to top bin diodes, top bin, Scotty. <laughs> Keep going. I decided to see how many dabs I can do during the uh, Rapid LED commercial. Keep, Keep hitting it. That's about it. Coupon code dude, rapidled.com. Got some <laughs> badass lights. Yes. All right. Speaking of badass lights, can you get me some badass organic seeds, bro? Organic seeds, I don't know. Let's hit this. Question mark by Yes, I'm High. <laughs> Me too. This is, um, hey, GDC, I was taking, or I was talking with a buddy about organic growing. 
and he mentioned organic seeds. I was unsure about this and I did some quick searches and I see this is a thing. Of course it's a thing. It's sort of titled organic. You can put it on everything. I do, I do organic growing and I'm wondering if there's really anything special about organic seeds or just a gimmick. Could an organic grow be considered not organic if starting with not organic seeds? I'm going to say kind of gimmicky in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Drew? You have to have, you don't have to have organic in quotation marks, organic what, seeds. Well, well, really, what does organic really mean and who is telling you what it means? Is it the USDA? Is it Omri? Is... I always thought organic mean it had carbon in it. And, and, and see, well, well, then that's the that's the scientific de- definition of organic. But right. are we using that or the agriculture definition of organic? Which There's means some meeting organic standards set by the government, or even like organic standards set by some third party group. Those and, happen all the time too. And um, some of those organic standards allow for pesticides and things like that. Almost all of those on an agricultural level mm-hmm. allow you to have up to ten percent of the stuff that your plants get. Yeah, uh, and, and the way that ten percent is calculated isn't just straight up like ten percent of what they're actually it doesn't getting. matter but it's, can, it's can be can, can be non-organic ingredients and also uh from your knowledge other than pesticides is there any way to test a fruit or vegetable or a cannabis flower or anything to tell if it's organic or not like with certainty that's a tough question there's not really no because the uh, the, the plant has no no way of knowing the difference between organic nutrition and uh just salts that are ionically available to it. It doesn't know the difference. It takes them up and uses them the exact same way. Ionically, yeah. Uh, but so I guess the, the, what they're trying to say is that their seeds that they grew, uh, the plant that grew the seeds and, and had them in it was grown completely organically. Um, and then probably even the seed that planted for that plant was grown organically. But let me ask you, this is, I guess, what's important. If they use the worst pesticides on that plant and then that's what the seeds came out of that plant and you plant that, that seed, uh, do you have any problem with pesticides, residual, anything like that? Uh, not that we can detect no. right now. No. Okay. I, 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 I mean, I, I'm sure just a function of half-life, if something gets exposed to something, uh, at no matter how long time goes by, there probably is a, a very, 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 very small amount of that that we can't even detect. Right. Um, but no, it, it, there's, essentially there's no chance of any residual being left on a seed, especially if it's had time to actually like dry and before you plant the seed or anything. Yeah, I'm thinking no. like if a mom smokes, the baby has problems, no? Or no, can. Right. Now, you could be trying to avoid uh, genetically modified stuff. I could see that. Yeah, that's, that's what I was asking. Will it fuck up genetic? Will it fuck up the seed genetically? If you, do, no. if you mistreat the seed with a bunch of nasty chemicals, I bet you some chemicals will. Uh, I don't really want to get into polygenomics. Yes, there's, there's <laughs> other stuff that can happen right. with uh, genes changing around or some genes activating if the plant's exposed to certain things, but that's uh, a little more complicated. So we don't have to worry like, about that? A short answer is, is uh, organic seeds really aren't something that you should pay extra for? Organic, no. or Yeah, no. Gimmick. Complete gimmick. I like gotcha. a soup says in many ways organics is just a label. This is here. This is 11 comments on this. But he goes, that said, I've noticed a big difference in seed quality based on how the breeder grows their plants. He says, my experience is limited, but I've noticed seeds from breeders using organic soil methods tend to be healthier and have better germination rates. So it's pretty interesting. It just might have been a better uh, grown plant, a more, more, completely, uh, more complete nutrition than that plant. Going to the mother and the baby analogy, it makes sense. 
<laughs> man, you guys go over to dudegrows.com. I don't have time to read all this, but soup and just cool and shout out. You guys have a great conversation on this question here. Absolutely. Um, really great way for me. I'm going to save that one and, and learn in private, Scotty. <laughs> Deal. Deals. All right. Uh, let's move on. We got another, no, we got what's going on in our grows, man. We got to get into what's going on in our grows. I was out in my grow shack. Saw a picture on the last grow talk episode of the shack. I'm hoping it'll hold up to pretty high winds, but we had our biggest high wind storm last season when I first moved here. And like that only happens once every 20 years. So hopefully we're good. But um, did notice just looking around a few leaves in my plant, very minor, we'll call it like 5% or less, not even infestation, okay. but some of that pinholing from spider mites. Uh-oh. So I just thought, you know, and I know out there, the reason it's not getting, if that was in a grow room, it would already be a huge problem. Sure. But there's natural predators out there. I didn't know, I believe, do spiders eat spider mites? Spiders are pretty much like, they'll eat a lot of other little insects, whatever gets into their web or. I always thought they ate anything. Yeah. Or at least they were, you know, ate a lot. I'm just debating. Question. Go ahead. I don't know. It's a good question. I might have to ask Google that, sir. Seems like. I was like, should I get beneficials Google. right now? As long as I only see a 5% infestation, like, you know, green best practices, I don't want to overreact. Getting beneficials isn't cheap. Ladybugs my, are cheap. What's that? Ladybugs are very inexpensive to throw on there. I heard that that's ethically wrong now to buy farmed ladybugs. You got to go out and catch a bunch. What's happening? Can't I just get some ladybugs <laughs> to eat my spider mites, damn it? Anyway, I'm going to check on it. You should be scouting your plants. I'm going into flowering outside. Beginning of flowering, you can still apply sprays, do different things. But going into flowering, it's a great time to be going through. I've done absolutely zero IPM on my outdoor so far, which brings me to I went over to buildasoil.com to check out. They have a huge IPM section. And the style of IPM integrated pest management like we like with natural products like a neem, a neem and karanja, He's got silicate powder. He's got beneficials. He's got essential essential oils have been all the hype for like the past three or four years. Um, but was just scrolling around and be like, dude, I didn't do any of this yet. So it's just a friendly reminder as we're getting close to her outdoor growers, starting flowering, keep on top of your IPM before you get well in the bud set and you have limited options for IPM. And plenty of products. Shout out to Jeremy on buildasoil.com um, across the board. And I'm looking at which I don't have out there e either. Sticky traps. I feel bad putting sticky traps outside because I catch catch good guys. Man, you are just thinking too deep. You should. You, I feel bad for the spider mites. You know, they're only they're out there just trying to eat a living. You should let them just have some of your plants. No, nope. spider mites don't <laughs> serve an ecological niche. They're technically like a scourge of God. Hey, so, but no, they're alive, spider mites. man. They're Kill alive. Them. Kill them all. <laughs> scourge of God. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. They don't. They don't. They don't serve any purpose. They're not like even as annoying as they are. Mosquitoes do populate popula uh, population control. Um, spider mites don't really do anything other than hurt everything that they come in contact with. So I like okay. them. Okay. I will look. I will go get some ladybugs and I will take a video. I'll keep you guys updated. You don't want to let them get out of control and be punching myself if it's like mid-flower and I have a ton of them. But my gut, my gut, as you're supposed to listen to, says that nature will probably keep them in check outdoors. But, you know, we should roll with the brain instead of the gut on this one. I would think so. I think you'd probably be right. <laughs> I think you're right on All this right. one, dude. Fair enough. Uh, we're going to hold off in Scotty's grow. We got to do a little homework here, Scotty. Really, both of us, but I want to talk about your grow more and I want to talk about security measures coming up because you have had somebody steal steal a plant or cut something out of your grow before. Somebody, her name is 
she's in the eighth grade. All right. And she's kind of tough. All right. But yeah, we got to do a little homework. I want to do some recommended. I like, you know, we're going to look at gadgets and things, Scotty. Nothing to hurt people, uh, to deter I mean, to deter people from coming is what we're after. And it's an important factor, man. Nothing's like getting the people they know, man, they wait till harvest. And that's when it's most disheartening. Like I've had a five month relationship with this plant. And now it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I used to just set somebody in the grow and tell them they couldn't leave. And we can't, well, or pit bull. People are like, dude, get a dog. Keep it in the grow. Yeah, like it's that. the first thing to get shot when people walk through. You know, when people go to rob your house, strong rob your house, at least in Florida, they ain't fucking around. <laughs> All right. Northeast Nugs, don't forget, get in touch on dudegirls.com. No, don't go to dot .com. Dot .com on the contacts about picking up your seeds from Seeds Here Now. Let's put it in the bag with some shout outs. More Wake and Bake and Grow Talk to come. Yeah. For the word, BBC, much appreciated. I'm going to give it up to Two-Tone Willie or Willie tone squared i just changed it up (laughs) gene from mendocino oh don't forget the famous sunny chiba you want to watch some sunny chiba triple feature tonight brother Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) oregon grow bud man all right uncle reefa and the dizzy the grower how about woody and todd mccormick what's up say hokey hokey organics and who me all right who me what's up Alright guys, take her easy, stay higher, scare yourself at least once a week. I used to say once a day. Keep it real and peace out. <laughs> take her easy, dude. Oh shit. Some people love to blaze up the deck. Yeah, we get happy for noon. And with the boss man is to take a little break. That means we're lighting up a dude. It's just weed. It's just weed. It's just weed, it's just weed In my toolbox there's a bone Some people start their day off with a pill It's what the doctor says to do They shake their heads at natural medicine Go ahead and try something new It's just weed, it's just weed I like to keep the good vibes on It's just weed it's just me. I like to smoke it out in loud. Yeah. Now if the big man catch you riding high, oh, we gonna lock you in a cage. No. If you wonder why he hates the dank, just look at how he's being paid. Now, don't lock up me.